Hi, I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about, does Biden care he's bombing in the polls? Dinesh and the 2000 mules and Trudeau trashes while Trump touts the truckers. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Well, there was some polling out I want to tell you about. And the reason I want to tell you about this first five is that this is so symbolic of how the left operates, what they try to do, what they, how they proceed when they actually get into power. So there was a poll done actually by ABC, which you have to imagine ABC is not going to do a poll that makes their guy look bad unless they have no choice. They're never going to put polls out to make their guy look bad. So but there was a poll uh, conducted by ABC in which they're basically asking Americans, a cross-section of Americans, and you gotta guess with ABC, they probably heavily loaded in Democrats. And what the conclusion was is that the White House is completely and absolutely and totally out of touch with the American people. Not just out of touch, but the American people actually oppose what the White House is doing, just as some examples in this poll. They had the, <laughs> I mean, this is actually an ABC Ipsos poll, um, yeah, and, and which by itself, again, was a, a highly skewed effort. But just a few of the examples, 64%, 64%, that's getting close to two-thirds of the American people, disapprove of Biden's handling of immigration. 56, 56, well over half, disapprove of his handling of the economy. Uh, inflation out of control, they try to act like it doesn't matter, doesn't exist. People say, ah, oh, it really does. When asked about inflation specifically, 69% over two thirds of the people disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. And only 1%, only 1% of Americans uh, approve of or say that the nation's economy is excellent. Now you might be hearing this and saying, you know, well, uh, that's probably skewed. Yeah, you're right. It's skewed because they always poll more Democrats than Republicans. But, and it goes on and on and on. And I did link this, um, this, t this uh, piece I'm reading from for you to read. You can go to our website, americacanbetalk.org and read it. But I would encourage you to think about this. The biggest issue, the strongest disapproval of almost anything has to do with his handling of the border. Now, the border is something you can say, you know, you can with respect to inflation, the economy, you can point to all other factors and say, well, you know, there's international factors, there's, there's uh, whatever, you know, supply chain problems. There's all sorts of issues that maybe kind of make it unfair to be too critical of Biden uh, because other, other you know, factors weigh in. But on the border, entirely what's happening at the border is a result directly of the decisions of the Biden administration. So my question to you is, why don't they change tactics? Why doesn't the Biden administration, given that the American people don't like what they're doing, do not like anything they're doing, why don't they change? 
Why doesn't the Biden administration say, well, you know, it turns out the American people, they actually kind of want a border. Who knew? So we better really work on, you know, maybe uh, enforcing the border here and there. They, for example, do not stop pushing this out of control, irrational spending, despite that people don't like it. Huge disapproval of Biden uh, plans to send American troops somewhere in the region of the Ukraine and Russia. And they don't change. They don't change anything. They don't change their tune. They don't change their policy. And the reason is, and the reason I'm doing this on today's first five is this, because it's important to understand that Biden administration does not care what the American people think. That is the answer. They do not care. When leftists have power, they are not engaged in policymaking, rulemaking, you know, lawmaking with an eye toward fulfilling the will of the people. It never is their goal. The goal of leftists is always to acquire and increase power and even worse with respect to this administration and the current today Marxist Democrat party. The mission is to expand the Marxist endeavor, expand the communist endeavor to take down America, to be a wrecking ball to the very idea of America. That is the point, that is the goal of the Biden administration. So when they hear things like, well, you know, actually the vast majority of Americans don't like anything you're doing, they don't care. I mean, if they thought I might get impeached over, then they might, but he's impeachment proof with the composition of the current Senate and House. He's, he's not going anywhere. So he's gonna continue on this wrecking ball, destructive mission on policy after policy after policy after policy because he doesn't care, because he does not have in his heart the idea that his goal as a representative of the people is to fulfill the mission of the people, to fill the will of the people, to further America the great, unique, and extraordinary. It is not the goal of the Biden administration. It is the goal of every leftist since time began, which is to acquire an increased power and to have every policy decision they make, always and forever, the mission is, to push toward their ultimate agenda, the ultimate communist agenda, to move America toward this one world, ruling class, you know, UN 2030, globalist agenda, to get America, the unique and extraordinary, out of the way as a pesky little interference with the mission of these people who think they know better and should be ruling the world. These are the people, and I, I use the term Biden referring to the White House, and I really shouldn't do that, because he's not running anything. He, he barely knows what day it is. You, this is an administration utterly controlled by the George Soros, Barack Obama, radical left-wing international cabal, which sees America as a nuisance, as a roadblock on their mission to bring what they think is going to be a better and fuller and more just world government, a socialist world government, and America has got to be stomped down and, and diminish its power, capacity, and strength in order for those leftists to get their, get their way. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. At the start of the show, I want to mention our, uh, hello to our radio listeners. If you're listening on radio or any place else but online, I want to be sure you know my name is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is called America Can We Talk? And everything you hear me talk about, every issue we talk about, I've linked the sources I refer to on our website on americacanwetalk.org. On the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. You can see those, and so that's one way uh, to read more. Also on our website, americacanwetalk.org, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Just hit subscribe, it's free, it comes once a week in your email. 
You can sign up on the website to be a supporter. Our show is listener supported, so we love to have listener support. And you can join America Can We Talk. So if you're listening, especially on radio or in any other way where you're not seeing the video, please know americacanwetalk.org is a place to go to learn more. Okay, so I want to turn and talk about, I, I talk about Dinesh and 2,000 Mules. It's really funny. I love Dinesh D'Souza. I think he's great. And he actually lives in Texas, which is uh, another great thing. But anyway, uh, he lives in the Houston area, I think. But he has a film coming out. And I want to play the film first and then talk to you uh, about why I think it's so important. And it actually ties into the subject of our first five today. So I believe Mr. Becker my uh, and the other, and Trelvis helping out today, uh, has the uh, uh, videos we need. I want to play a teaser, a trailer, to a film that Dinesh D'Souza has coming out this fall called 2000 Mules. The 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. He lost a fair and secure election. The most secure election in American history. Really? All those of you volunteered and worked the polls, you deserve a special thanks from the entire nation. This one mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. He's not alone. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. Leaving no fingerprints. Snapping photos to get paid. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. They've delivered us a clear victory. Game over. You gotta love Dinesh D'Souza. Ben, he's had many uh, past films, and that one coming out this fall, 2000 Mules. The reason I want to play that and talk about that, it ties into what I was saying in the first five about the Biden administration not really caring whether what they're doing is the will of the American people. And what he's talking about, Dinesh D'Souza is talking about, is actually a, a, an undercover operation or a, an investigation done by the organization called True the Vote. True the Vote, I think some of you have probably heard of them. Uh, they are based also based here in Texas, and they run by this woman named Katherine Engelbrecht, but part of what she did, uh, you know, everyone last year during the election cycle, two years ago, was looking into various different ways in which um, election fraud seemed to have been ongoing. Well, what they did, her organization, True the Vote, they actually were tracking through satellite tracking. You know when you're on your satellite phone and it pings off of towers? A lot of those uh, TV shows, you know, the, the cop shows, the TV shows, they're trying to track down some bad guy. They say, well, you know, this cell tower pinged with his number, and this cell tower, so he, we know he was there, there, there. So they were get, doing this uh, in, in the states, in the swing states that decided the 2020 election. And what they were doing was tracking the cell phone numbers of the people who were he, Dinesh D'Souza, is using the word mules, M-U-L-E-S. But these are the guys kind of doing the labor 
doing the work of exposing, uh, of enabling election fraud via the use of these drop boxes, many of them funded, orchestrated by the Zuckerberg team from Facebook, and many of them placed, nearly all of them placed, in high Democrat vote areas. And so they put these boxes uh, there, so it was a new tactic, allegedly another one. Because of COVID, we had to have drop boxes. Because of COVID, we had to mail in ballots. Everybody has to mail in. Life is too scary to even breathe. So you have these drop boxes in these swing states. And what Dinesh and, and uh, Catherine Engelbeck were talking about was the orchestration of the theft of the election included in part getting these mule-type people to collect ballots you know, have been mailed out willy-nilly to everyone in many places just they had reports people would say yeah i got like five or six ballots mailed to my house you know so implying they could vote five or six times well obviously you know you're not supposed to you're only supposed to vote once uh, and you're only and you shouldn't be using all of those but you shouldn't be receiving all of those you should receive one and that was one of the many uh, ways in which uh, people trying to clean up election fraud what they were working on uh, since the election of 2020 was, you know, can we have a more secure way of validating who's sending in all these, all these mail-in ballots? But in any case, I didn't write down the number when he was talking, but that clip we just played, uh, he's talking about, I've seen other numbers too from Catherine Engelbrecht's website, True the Vote. And she's been on the show before, I should get around again and talk about this soon. But talking about the idea that you can orchestrate election fraud by massive numbers of mail-in ballots sent out everywhere. And then it's not like each individual voter fills out the ballot at home and then hops in the car and drives over to the mail-in drop box and drops it in. That's not what happens. They don't do that. They are collected by people who are, you know, just trying to help out, just trying to help out get these mail-in ballots collected and then dropped off in these, uh, these drop boxes. And you saw he was mentioning there, some of them were actually doing a selfie kind of in case I got approved to them, I dropped all these off. So there's just these massive number of votes, of ballots turned in, like one person turning in like 500 ballots. Now, there is not necessarily a way to prove which 500 or so that person dropped in the, ba in the ballot box, but the numbers are astronomical. When you look at the small number of people who acted as mules, as collectors of these ballots and dropping them in the boxes, and then you know, and the massive number of ballots, you recognize it's a whole vehicle all by itself to engage in election fraud. It's a whole vehicle all by itself to engage in election fraud. That's the first point I wanted to make. So what Dinesh D'Souza is trying to say is, you know, we need to be looking at all of these things. And then I want to tie it back to the point I was making in the first five. You do have, I was going to tell Mr. Becker the clock, yeah, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> our little clock system here is faltering. Um, in any case, the um, Biden is unworried, unworried about the fact that his, um, that his poll numbers are terrible, that people don't like his policies. And I actually would like to sincerely ask all of my listeners, if you know anyone, just think about your own life. Do you know one person, one person who approves of Biden's border security policy or lack of border security? D does anyone you know approve of that? I mean, you can do your own kind of at home, just in your thinking and they're sitting at your desk. Do you know anyone who thinks that the policies he's engaging at the border are a good idea for America? Do you know one person 
who's saying, yeah, I love inflation. This is awesome. I mean, everything costs me more. I can't afford, uh, you know, the things I need, like gasoline and food, can't afford that. I mean, did anyone think that's a good idea? I mean, there's there are common sense ways of looking at the Biden policies and recognizing nobody who loves America, loves freedom, nobody wants these things. Nobody wants America to engage in this stuff. Nobody's even saying, well, it's good for some people. It's not good for anybody except those striving to gain power in this country. So Biden's not worried about his numbers, not just because he knows how well the left succeeded in election fraud in 2020, but because he also knows that the entire election fraud system had many components to it, many pieces, the whole using of mules, or you know that's the word that Dinesh is gonna use, but you know you have the ballot fraud that the uh, mail-in ballot gatherers, the um, ballot harvesters picking up ballots. And then you had them in the case of that he's talking about, Dutch talking about, dropped off these drop boxes all over the swing states. It's another thing you'll come out in the film. They're actually tracing phone numbers and tracing how one person is just zipping around one city or one area and picking up piles and piles and piles of ballots and dropping them off you know, no one could ever know who dropped off what. Many of them, you can't even see their face. You can't see who they are. They're not identified in the film, and they're not identified necessarily, in some cases, on the ballot. You don't even know who's dropping these things off. This is a, it's a charade. It's a joke. So you have that occurring. You have the, there's now exposure of the mules. Is this Dinesh D'Souza thing, which I have to say, it's one thing for me to sit here and tell you about these things, but there are people who will remember it more or comprehend it more when they can see his film, when they can see what he's talking about, see what you know she, Catherine Engelbrecht, has been talking about. Is This is outrageous stuff. This is crazy stuff. And then you still have, of course, the electronic election fraud, which is harder to prove, which uh, you're going to hear, I hope, um, if Sidney Powell actually gets to go to Congress and testify. I'm hoping she's going to get to talk about how um, she... Uh, when the election first occurred and everyone using, you know, the, the secret sauce solution of CS, common sense, realized, you know what, these election results don't add up. They don't add up. And so they were suspicious and then people began diving in uh, and recognizing there were numerous ways and evidence of massive uh, election, electronic election fraud. And all that means, electronic election fraud, it just means hacking a computer. The way you hear about all the time in all sorts of places, hacked in a computer, you know, you periodically get a notice from a bank or a business, hey, really sorry we got hacked, appears all of your information has been stolen, you might want to change your password, you might want to change, um, you might want to change whatever uh, else you could be doing because the, you have the, um, I'm sorry, I got to fix one thing here so I can make something done. No. Okay, I really, I, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked what I wanted to talk to you about, but I think it's really important that Dinesh is doing this film. I think it's really important that everyone recognize that all of the allegations of electronic election fraud simply boiled down to computer hacking. Computer hacking, which happens every day. We're always all hearing announcements about computer hacking. It is not something that just hardly ever happens. It happens so commonly. This is why you're constantly getting notices saying, please reset your password. It appears your data was compromised. And it's not just small little companies that can't afford quality security on their computers. It is like, you know, U.S. government uh, departments, the U.S. government have their computers hacked. So 
The idea of, of you know, just ignoring election fraud allegations was by itself absurd. And so you hopefully have Sidney Powell, who has been subpoenaed by January 6th committee, and she's way up the curve, you know, way down the, the path of understanding the elect, the proof, not just electronic election fraud, the, but the proof of it, which she says if they actually call her in, she's going to present. I, I, letting all that to say that, you know, it's a strange thing in America how, and I've talked about in the show other times, how, you know, this um, kind of, we, we get uh, desensitized to corruption, we get desensitized to totalitarian attitude. We are becoming desensitized, desensitized to the fact of election fraud, the fact of what occurred in 2020. And we are in fact, because the left works so hard to malign, manipulate, mock, ridicule, blah, 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 anyone who mentions it, that now you even have people on the conservative side saying, well, you know, I think we got to let it go. We don't really know what happened. We don't have all the facts. Let us just let it go. And, and I'm telling you people, we are falling into the trap the left hopes we will fall into. We're falling in the trap that says, well, you know, they said we shouldn't talk about it anymore. And, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, people could say, well, Sydney, she claimed all this, you know, cracking uh, and, and lo and behold, nothing came of it. And that'd be because no court looked at what she was claiming. But I want to get the idea that in this year of 2022, with midterm elections coming up, the left is salivating at the idea of being able to use every single technique of election fraud they've used in the past. And conservatives should be jumping up and down trying to protect the, the authenticity of our elections in every way possible. Every single legislature in this country that looked at, the, only the Republican ones did, but looked at election fraud, tried to make changes in state law, tried to say, well, you know, uh, we really shouldn't let them uh, register the day. Uh, we don't do that here. And we shouldn't, uh, you know, we really should have somebody verifying that they really are the person they say they are. We should have voter ID. You know, when you show up to vote, you should have to show, yeah, that is, that's, I am really that person on your list. We had state, states trying to, you know, toughen up election issues, but at the same time, we had the drumbeat of the, the media mockery mob, the drumbeat of the left, the drumbeat of leftist politicians claiming that anyone talking about election fraud was racist, claiming that voter ID requirements are racist, claiming that it was a conspiracy theory to even talk about election fraud. And so what happens when you have that drumbeat for the media mockery mob, and, and it's pummeling people and attacking people and mocking and ridiculing. Mockery is a hugely powerful tool, hugely powerful tool. And when mockery comes along and a candidate or an elected official realizes, I do believe there was election fraud. I'm afraid if I say anything that I'm going to be the next victim. They're going to be in my jurisdiction, in my congressional district, in my area saying, well, you know, Congressman so-and-so or candidate so-and-so, you know, he's one of these loopy far-right extremist conspiracy people because he actually believes that there was election fraud in 2020. You can't vote for him or her because, you know, that's crazy. So you get people pummeled into silence on the right, just silenced, and the left recognizing fully well all the techniques they used to engage in election fraud, to allow people to vote multiple times, to have manipulation of election data, uh, voter tabulation software, they, they realize all of those activities they did are needed to, to, to uh, win again. I mean, stop and think about this. 
Biden is so unpopular, there's like nothing of his policies that the majority of people, or at least the significant majority, are saying, yes, 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 yay. You know, no one's liking his policies. No one's liking what he's doing in this country. And also, his numbers are where they are only because he has a sycophant left-wing media continually propping him up, saying how great he is, saying how you know wonderful his whole policies have been, that this is a, I mean, this is a, um, you know, a wonder that, because uh, the media is so strong, it's a wonder he's not at, you know, 80% approval rating. But the fact is, despite the media efforts to prop up Biden, despite the media mockery mob silencing everyone who disagrees with him, you still have, in America, you have polling showing that people don't like Biden. They don't like his policies. They don't want to continue on his policies about the Ukraine, inflation, the economy, the border, the handling of COVID. People do not like the COVID tyranny stuff. They don't like what he's doing. And so now they have the elections coming up in the fall. And now I, Biden's not up, obviously, but the entire U.S. House up for re-election every two years up this fall. Uh, the Senate could easily switch majority. Right now it's 50-50 it's, uh, basically with the vice president being the tiebreaker. But the Senate control could shift to Republicans. And then the agenda of the left is really, really endangered. And so the left is determined. I mean, they, they keep seeing these polls and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, we're looking really bad. We seem to be heading for disaster here. Um, and so they, they see these polls and they worry about them. So they need to protect every avenue of election fraud they can. They need to make fun of, mock, and ridicule everybody who is, um, you know, is questioning election integrity. So this Dinesh D'Souza film, it could not come out at a more important time. It could not come out at a more important time for Americans to, to wake up to uh, this other, this new, relatively new, I mean, I've known about it, and probably you have too, but many people don't, you know, this new whole avenue of proof of election fraud, given what Catherine Engelbrecht and the True the Vote people did when they tracked cell phones, picking up, uh, so you one person picking up hundreds and hundreds of votes, and, and, you know, at numerous locations of these, you know, mysterious hidden drop boxes all conveniently located in Democrat districts. And this is a huge, a huge um, proof of a whole other avenue of election fraud. And with what the left has to do about this, because now they're worried, people begin to understand this, they've got to be able to come back with, and they will have some arguments how this is absurd, this is either an invasion of privacy, it was probably criminal to track these people, or you know maybe it wasn't criminal to track them, but you are impugning their character. You may be defaming them, or you know they could say actually you don't have to think at all. Uh, you just have to know that there's nothing illegal about what they did. And so you know what, what are you even talking about? Of course they they may go on the yeah. But what's wrong with that? It's all great. And I'm raising all this to say this is a vital year for conservatives to be active, to be speaking up and to not be afraid to say that they believe that election outcome changing fraud occurred in 2020. In fact, where you live, if you have primary challengers, if you have primary candidates, and you've got someone uh, with an R by their name saying, I don't really think there was outcome changing election fraud, you know, I, I look for somebody else. Do not, do not support people because I don't believe anyone who looked at the evidence, anyone who looked at the evidence, would conclude and say, yeah, there really probably wasn't any election fraud or it wasn't outcome changing. When people say that, they're either saying, I have my fingers in my ears, la, 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 I don't want to talk about it, 
or they're saying, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to be pummeled, mocked, and ridiculed by the media mockery mob of today's anti-American left, so I'm just going to shut up. Either way, those people, they don't have the spine, they don't have the backbone, they don't have the courage we need right now in this election year 2022 to begin the process of turning around and, and getting America back on the track of fair elections. For our radio listeners, we have one minute until we go to a break. And I want to tell you, first of all, radio listeners and anyone else online, or anyone else who's listening without uh, being online, so you're not seeing the, the uh, video. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is called America Can We Talk. There's a website, americacanwetalk.org. If you like what you're hearing and you'd like to support this show, you can go to uh, mypillow.com. I'll tell you two ways to support this show. Mypillow.com, great website, great products. Buy a bunch of good stuff, high quality products, order it, in the line at the promo code at the end, it said put in Debbie G as your promo code, get up to 66% off. This is a way you can help this show. Buy from mypillow.com and buy a bunch of stuff, and I get a short little donation if you put in the promo code Debbie G. So, as our radio listeners go off to a three minute break, please know much more great stuff coming up on America Can We Talk right after this bottom of the hour break. And for those of you listening online, most of my listeners online, I want to tell you this really, um, I, I thought this was a really cool, interesting story. The power of people just willing to say uh, that they aren't going to just let the continuing attack on, um, on conservatives as racist, conservatives as bad people, blah, blah. They're just not going to let it, um, uh, let it happen. So there was a, um, there's a company that makes spices. It's called Penzi. I actually don't think I've ever seen them. But Penzi, P-E-N-Z-E-Y. Penzi's Spice Company is the name of the company that sells spices, you know, like you would use in the kitchen. So Penzi's Spice Company is Milwaukee-based, and they held a, if you can believe this, a public company, or a company seeking public, the public to buy their products, they held a Republicans are racist sale. Republicans are racist sale over the, over the Martin Luther King weekend. And they, along with that, they sent a note from the CEO, Bill Penny, Bill Penzi. Um, he sends a company email, company email list. He sends anti-Republican rant. So the guy's like a lunatic anyway. But in any case, he wrote in his little blurb for this most recent thing how Republicans, uh, now he's, uh, he, I mean, he's praising Black Lives Matter. So the statement is, remember how Republicans going against a mountain of evidence to the contrary once again lied and said BLM wasn't a peaceful movement. I mean, you have to have your head at like, you know, 10 feet in the sand if that's what you think. But that's what he actually said in an email. Uh, you, you have to have Republicans going against a mountain of evidence to the contrary once again lied and said BLM wasn't a peaceful movement. So he actually said that in a, um, to his newsletter subscribers. And so... It turns out his new layer of subscribers canceled. They were so insulted by what he had to say, so insulted that they lost 40,000 customers. 40,000 customers in a two-week period. And I'm going to tell you that story because number one, it makes me smile. I am sick and tired, and you should be sick and tired, of people, whether they are in leadership, they're in politics, they're in corporate leadership, corporate America, who just think it's safe territory to make the absurd, stupid, asinine allegation that everyone who votes Republican must be a racist. He actually had something. I'll just tell you, so that's this other thing he said in there, um, it, it cost him, which is 
3% of his whole business space. He lost 40,000 subscribers um, because they don't want to hear this baloney malarkey that all Republicans are racist. And to hold a Republicans are racist sale, I, I mean, I just, I don't want the country to become divided in Democrat versus Republican companies. But I'm telling you, if you read stuff like this, time to boycott. Glad to hear Penji lost so many customers. So welcome back to our radio listeners. And I'm going to do something in this last half an hour of today's show. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about it. Uh, and before we get to the topic, I want to first tell you that uh, we are really working up and developing our um, texting family, our America Can We Talk texting family. Texting family. So if you're listening to this right now and you haven't texted in, you can text in the word text, send a text to 53445. 53445, and then put in the subject line America. That's all you gotta do, send it in. Then you're part of our texting family. We're gonna use that texting family starting this week to do little polls. Little just quick polls. We'll announce a poll question on Tuesday morning and we'll tell you the answer on Wednesday. But I'd love to have your input, your engagement, and there's other ways we're gonna be using it, but we're just starting the polling thing. So if you're not yet a member, text in 53445 to uh, text 253445 and text the word America. All you got to do, we'll start our happy texting project tomorrow. So the last thing I want to do in the show today, it's a big topic, but I really want to make this kind of big point about how the left reacts when you attack their policies. You know, the first part of the show I'm talking about, Biden is discovering and polling that nobody likes anything he's doing. He is unpopular, not just he personally, but the policies, what he's doing to America, people don't like it. And I'm telling you, he doesn't care. Because to the leftist, the goal is always push the country as far left as you can, as fast as you can, before they possibly yank you out of office. And because he and others who really run the little cabal running this country, they also are concerned. They are, they're also thinking, well, you know, elect, election frauds could work pretty well for us so far. So they are not necessarily that worried about the fall elections. If we had fall, fair elections this fall, November of 2022, I'm telling you, the Republicans would easily take over the House and the Senate because the people don't like what Biden is doing. And ask yourself why, if there's some outcome in the fall that says, you know, the Democrats gain seats in the, in the House and gain seats in the, in the Senate, if that happens, ask yourself, how does that square with the fact that nobody likes what the Democrats are doing? How could those two things square up? Okay, but on my last topic here today, uh, there was a, a rally in Texas, uh, which I did not go to, it was in Conroe, Texas, it had President Trump. At the same time, there is a really, really big rally happening uh, up in Canada. We've been talking about this. In fact, I wrote about it in my newsletter last week, this trucker's convoy for freedom. It's basically in Canada, they had a new policy that came out that said, um, if you're a trucker, a Canadian trucker, and you've been in the US, and you come back across the border, you either have to show a vaccine passport or quarantine for two weeks. And these truckers are saying, you know, I don't want to be forced to take a vaccine and I don't want to quarantine. I mean, talk about a job you can't do from home. If you're a trucker, you gotta be in your truck. So they started a protest. Well, the protest is now massive. It, was, it started in Vancouver, they're heading over up to Ottawa, the capital, and by eyewitness observation, the convoy of trucks is 45 miles long. And these truckers are now up in Ottawa, and they're in Ottawa, and they're trying to say, you know, uh, 
Trudeau, the, the Prime Minister in Canada's Trudeau, you know, we don't want to live by your mandates. And they started just with, you know, to, they wanted him to drop the, you know, um, uh, vaccination or quarantine uh, demand on truck drivers. But they're now at, we want you to stop all COVID mandates. Stop controlling our freedom. Stop taking away our freedom. That is their message. So um, I sent... Um, I sent Mr. Uh, Becker, uh, and I want to do these in the correct order because it actually matters. Um, I want to, there was a, um, these protesters, I, I think I called, I didn't number the clips today, Mr. Becker, but the clip is called Canadian Protesters. I just want to show you what these, the protesters are doing before I tell you what Justin Trudeau said about them. And here are the protesters, just a little tiny clip of like a three hour rally they had. And no wonder we have to come here. No wonder we have to come here and stand together in unity. Hallelujah. So now we're going to pray. Next, we're going to have the singing of the Canadian National Anthem and the real Canadian National Anthem. Good afternoon, Canada. I suspect this will be the sweetest anthem we have ever sung. Here's our flag. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love in all thy sons command. With glowing heart we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, do you not love that? First of all, um, I went to college really close to Canada in upstate New York. I grew up in upstate, way, way, way upstate. And our choir, actually I sang choir all four years, our choir had to learn the Canadian national anthem. So it's, it's very pretty. Anyway, so these are what these protesters are like. I mean, all the truckers are there, all these families. In fact, I want to show this one picture. Uh, it's just a photograph of the crowd up there. If I said, okay, look at these people. This is the people in Ottawa saying, we're done with the COVID mandates. We want you to stop. We want our freedom. Beautiful picture. And then there's one sweet little picture of a little girl. Um, I sent you that one too. If you can't read her message, the trucks are coming to save us. I mean, obviously she doesn't know the whole story, but still so sweet. But back to what they were say, doing there. They sang the Canadian, they, the woman in the beginning led them in saying the Lord's Prayer. She said it in some other language. I couldn't even catch what language she was saying. So I didn't play that because it wasn't in English. But they, they say the Lord's Prayer. They sang the Canadian National Anthem. They, they sang Amazing Grace. And all these people are in this beautiful day waving signs about freedom, wanting truth. Truth is the antidote. Stand up for truth. I mean, these are people that want their freedom back. And Canada has been very, very, very harsh in the shutdowns over COVID, very harsh in the mandates. And so the people are kind of saying, we've had enough. 
We've had enough. And now I want to turn and tell you what Justin Trudeau said. That just, you know, I could say a lot of things about Justin Trudeau, and I'll probably contain myself, but, you know, he's a prime minister up there, and I swear there's just a simple mindedness to some political assessments made by some people. I mean, he's handsome, he's a young, cool guy. In fact, there were international gatherings where, you know, he was Mr. Cool along with some of the other younger leaders of countries. And you half worry that the people voted for him because, you know, hey, he'd be a cool looking prime minister, why not? Versus what does he believe in? What does he stand for? Well, then now they're finding out he doesn't believe in freedom. I'll tell you that one anyway. So Trudeau held a press conference at his home. He is happily and safely far away from the big crowds in Ottawa. And he, is, he holds a press conference in which he actually, and I, I had the clip ready, and so we couldn't get it, right? We can't see Becker, we can't get it. Okay, so anyway, so he holds his press conference, and the gist of what he was saying was, you know, um, I'm not going to meet, uh, first of all, everyone's tired of this, of this uh, COVID crisis. Yeah, we're all tired of it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to meet with these people because these people, the protesters that you just saw that doing the Lord's Prayer and the National Anthem and Amazing Grace, the protests are racist. They're racist. That's why they're racist. They are denigrating the memory of Canadian military who lost their lives in the service of the country, which is like, what the heck are you talking about? Now, maybe there was some isolated incident, probably from somebody who invaded the rally up there, but there may have been some isolated incident. But I mean, this is what you just saw as the rally. It's all these truckers driving in their convoy, the, the streets lined, thousands of people waving the Canadian flag, waving freedom. Thank you, truckers on the overpasses. Thank you, thank you. They get to Canada. They're in the, in the um, you know, capital city trying to say, we want our freedom back. We don't want you telling us whether we have to stay home. We don't want you putting mask mandates in place. We don't want you telling us that we have to get a vaccine. We don't want you taking our freedom away. It was a beautiful expression of the yearning for human freedom. It was a beautiful thing. What Trudeau chose to say, he went on to say they were responsible for desecrating uh, military cemeteries. They were racist. They were violent. And he was not going to meet with such people because he's not going to honor them. He's not going to legitimize them. I mean. People, he is full of hogwash and he knows it. He knows it. He doesn't have an answer to what they're asking him, except he wants to say, no, I like controlling your life and I'm going to control your life and you don't have any freedom. That's his real answer because he can't, can't say that answer in a happy public speech. He goes off and calling the people racist. And it reminded me of when we had uh, the beginning of the Tea Party in America. You know, we had Barack Obama elected, elected in 2008. And, you know, I told people and acted my, uh, you know, politically active at the time, so were a lot of my friends, you know, we realized this guy's a socialist. It was not hard to figure out. He hangs out with socialists. He praises socialists. He proposes socialist policies, you know, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. He's a duck. He's a socialist. Didn't like him during the campaign. So he gets in office, and the very early on, his first term, he is, you know, bailing out the banks, a very big government socialist move. He's bailing out the banks, bailing out the, the unions, and people were getting really, really concerned. And then he um, talked about taking over the healthcare system. 
at a time, I remind my listeners for probably the thousandth time in my life, at a time when polling showed even Democrats, majority Democrats said, don't do Obamacare, don't have the federal government take over the healthcare system, he did it anyway. And so the Tea Party movement was born. And the Tea Party was all about, we want our country back, we want limited government, we want strong military, strong national defense, and we want our freedom. We want our freedom, that's what we want. We don't wanna to be told by the government how our healthcare system must function and other things. So the main attack that the media mockery mob undertook against the Tea Party people is exactly what Justin Trudeau is doing to the truckers protest. What the media started right away was calling the Tea Party racist. And you see they're a bunch of racists. And so, and so they would even have some idiotic plant show up at a Tea Party rally and waving a sign saying, you know, some ugly racist message. And then the media would take a picture of that guy and say, see, see, the Tea Party's racist. Let me just tell you, in Texas, the Tea Parties I knew of, I sometimes helped them get speakers because I was very politically active. I knew a lot of people. So they would ask me for help getting speakers. The four most popular speakers the Tea Parties looked for, like the Tea Parties growing in Texas and you know the southern part of America, some of them in Oklahoma, the four most sought after speakers were all black. Katrina Pearson, Pastor Stephen Broden, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and a guy named, uh, lose his name all the time, he ran for Senate, Michael Williams, Michael Williams, he briefly ran for Senate. Four black, powerful Tea Party speakers, the most popular, always sought after, and yet the media went along with, oh, the Tea Party's racist, they're kind of racist, that's why they're doing this. Well, that same default mentality that the left used, in, in, because they didn't have a good answer to the method of the Tea Party, they didn't have a good answer to the policy arguments the Tea Party was raising, so their answer was to call them racist. It's the same thing Justin Trudeau is doing to the truckers rally, same thing. Same thing, just saying, because I don't have an answer for you and I refuse to give you your freedom and I refuse to explain why you should have to give your freedom to me, you know what, I'm just gonna call you racist. That's right, and violent. And uh, you know, it just all sorts of, just, just ridiculous allegations. Uh, no story I have read has borne out to be shown anything that Trudeau had to say was true. So they just make stuff up because that makes it, uh, then they get the, the ignorant as the, as the media did in America, they got ignorant Americans thinking the Tea Party was racist. And it was the most absurd, idiotic assertion, as it is in this case. But Trudeau and other left-wing politicians will use whatever argument it takes to hold on to the power they're trying to inflict on the people. So another thing on this truckers thing, um, so you had the Canadian protesters who just about melted my heart. I'm singing all those songs. and and just really being strong Canadian patriots. Um, so at the same time, this is going on up there in Canada, and it's still ongoing. By the way, there's a GoFundMe um, they, they set up. I think it's like an $8 million or something. Someone ran a calculation for how much money the GoFundMe has raised and realized that the GoFundMe, people are so excited to have somebody standing up, the truckers standing up and getting actual media attention, getting attention, the media, I mean, the mainstream media tries to ignore them, but the people see what's happening. Someone ran a calculation that given the numbers of the crowd and how much money they raise, the, the uh, trucker protest, they can hang on auto for, I don't know, two years. That'd be really funny because I think that there's, 
It seems like there's no other way to make the government listen than just an active, peaceful, relentless, unending protest. Because if you don't understand it by now, I will tell you again, COVID is being used by people in power to change our presumption of innocence in America. COVID is being used by policymakers in this country to change the culture of freedom, the fabric of freedom and the presumption of freedom to have people become accustomed to, submissive to, and silently surrendering to whatever the government next tells them they have to do. It can be the second vaccine, and then the booster, and then you have to wear a mask anyway, then you have to stay at home. All this starting, of course, with the two weeks to flatten the curve back in early 2021, 2020, early 2020. That was two weeks to flatten the curve. We're now at the last day of January, 2022. And we're still being told, being threatened by the left, you can't go to grocery stores. You, in, in major cities, you can't go to grocery stores, movie theaters, in public without a vaccine passport. You have to understand the COVID, the COVID policy that was created in response to something that was in most cases, in 99, over 99% of cases, completely curable, survivable, you're not gonna die anyway and for people who were even vulnerable and, and everyone who contracted COVID, many, many inexpensive, widely available, effective medications and the government shut that down. In fact, if you didn't hear the show last week and didn't pay attention to it, it was a fabulous hearing in the US Senate. Senator Ron Johnson had a hearing with actual doctors of all shocking things who actually treat COVID patients and could actually report on the consequences of those uh, of their treatments and report how effective their various medications were that we had not have to wait for the vaccines as everyone was told that was senator ron johnson it was called second opinion or second choice i think second opinion panel uh i don't have it in front of me but i played segments and i and you it just i can't urge you strongly enough to actually listen to it and, and understand we're and we're now talking seventeen thousand doctors seventeen thousand doctors have signed on saying, yeah, there are plenty of effective treatments for COVID. We don't have to be engaged in this massive, you know, repression of freedom and massive forcing of vaccines. All right. So I do want to turn to contrast Justin Trudeau and how he acts with Donald Trump. Donald Trump was in Texas, the great state of Texas, um, uh, talking at a, um, talking at a, a rally, just a Trump rally um, in Conroe, Texas. Uh, and I think, I can't remember if I sent two of them or not. Yeah. I think I did. So there, there's a first one. Actually, you know, actually, Mr. Becker, play the second one. The second clip in the article. Um, this is an article. This is uh, President Trump in Conroe. That's true. The Canadian truckers, you've been reading about it. Who are resisting bravely these lawless mandates are doing more to defend American freedom than our own leaders by far. And we want those great Canadian truckers to know that we are with them all the way. They are. They've really shown something. Okay, so this is Trump in Conroe, Texas. And I have to tell you that I, I didn't go. I'm not even not sure where Conroe is. I haven't ever been there. But it was huge, like the usual Trump rallies, huge, huge crowd. Or as Trump says, huge crowds there. Huge crowd there on their feet and, and happy to have someone who, and just think how diametrically opposed Trump's message is to Trudeau's. Trudeau is basically saying anyone who will not agree with me is a racist, 
you know, evil, violent, horrible person who desecrates the memory of Canadian servicemen. That's what Trudeau's message is for the, to the truckers. And Trump is like, stand up for people who stand up for freedom. Stand with them. And the GoFundMe thing, as I said, is raised it was like in the millions, like eight point something million dollars. So I tell you this story to say a couple of things that are really, really important. In politics, the best thing to do in terms of your own activity is not necessarily to latch on to one person or one candidate, or one elected official, but instead understand the principles you believe in. Think through what you believe in and fight for those. And Trump has been to many people, actually, um, I'm gonna have to tell Vig Ziggy's guesses. Uh, okay, we're fussing with our sound system today a little bit. Gotta turn it down a little bit. Okay, it's like, anyway, I wanna tell you all that because I think on, we're gonna have a battle going forward in this year in 2023 because we're gonna have a presidential election coming up and Donald Trump is going to run, clearly going to run, no doubt about it, gonna run for president in 2024. And Donald Trump is, you know, to many people, including myself, he was a, he truly stopped the socialist, you know, bullet train headed toward, uh, over the cliff to socialism. Trump stopped it in 2016. When he was elected, you had Barack Obama and his whole radical leftist ilk with a big fat battle plan, taking America over the cliff to socialism and crashing to the bottom, <clears throat> as we surely would have, except for that Donald Trump got along, got in the way. So he truly in that way saved America. He stopped what uh, Obama, Soros, the, the whole left-wing cabal that, that's, or thinks they're pulling the strings and everything. He stopped it. And that was magnificent. And he did many great things during his presidency. Many great things. I played that shorter clip for you from the Conroe, Texas speech. The longer one I had, which I chose not to play, had President Trump. He still, in almost every speech, says, but thank God we got the vaccines. I mean, you know, he, he'll, he'll talk all about, you know, all sorts of great policies he did, but he keeps pushing the vaccines. I don't know what conservatives should do about that, because I am aware, I am personally aware, he has been told more than once, your base doesn't like the vaccines. Your base does not want you pushing the vaccines. Stop, and he can't stop. Now to his you know, worldview, he says, hey, you know, we had a crisis. I got those vaccines online in record time. You know, they said we couldn't do it and we did it and we got them out there available to the American people. And so he views it as a big accomplishment, maybe his biggest accomplishment. But as we move forward in this world where there are many forces in play, trying to have the world brought into submission via vaccines. Because as many doctors will tell you, and doctors do tell you in speeches, there was gonna be another virus, another mutation, another, um, you know, um, another strain, another virus coming along. And the past, even though we had a great vaccine for that one, it's not really gonna work for this one. And then we're gonna have to have this one. And then we're gonna have to have a new vaccine. And you have many people, even on the side who kind of like vaccines saying, we're never going to get out of this, this uh, vaccine uh, mandate for life. And we're never going to get around, out of this virus, you know, uh, virus driven repression of freedom. We're never going to get out of it unless we stand up. One of the speakers at my summit we had in 2021, 
Uh, a, a doctor talked about that. Understand, the medical community will never let this end. The people who are the Fauci's of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, this crisis thing will never end unless we make it end. And so that's my one caveat about Trump. I want him to stop talking up the vaccines because I don't think he's, he can say, well, I wouldn't mandate them, but he doesn't recognize the vaccine agenda for the power agenda it really is. I want to mention for our listeners on radio, if you're listening to me on radio, again, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. My website is americacanwetalk.org and on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. Tune in every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to hear this show and to talk about, hear me talk truth about America. And I thank you for listening to all of our radio listeners. Back to the rest of you online, I will wrap up by saying my other little caveat on Trump was, I know he's going to run, and I think he will clear the field instantaneously. No one's going to challenge him in a primary, uh, given, at least given the state of play where we are today, the, where we are at issues and policy today, no one's going to challenge him. I am concerned about where he would head on the vaccine stuff, um, and I, I really would love to have more of his supporters telling him, you know, you need to see this whole vaccine agenda in the bigger, bigger picture that it is. I also want to mention for our listeners before I go off to tell you why it matters to you uh, that we have coming up here in the great state of Texas. I don't know which is better to hold up. I'm going to hold up this big thing. So in the great state of Texas here on Wednesday of this week, so I'm going to see if you can see it. That's what it, what it says. But there is an event, Who Will Defend the Republic? And it's a, uh, I am moderating. Uh, it is a, an event with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is a candidate for governor and with Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, who is the gentleman who was a Space Force commander and fired for writing a book about, called Irresistible Revolution, which he was talking about how Marxism has taken over the military. So if you can see this, the event is February 2nd, uh, which is this Wednesday, it's at Mercury Run Studios at Royal Lane. Um, and you can find this on Eventbrite, it's put on by Country Girls for Freedom. I'm moderating, is no charge for the event. It's gonna be a super, Super event, I hope you will try to come uh, to that event. Okay, now I can wrap up uh, and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started with, does Biden care he's bombing in the polls? And the answer is no. Even the friendliest of left-leaning legacy media polls have Biden bombing on every issue. More than 60% of those polled disapprove of his handling of immigration, the economy, and crime and the border. Okay, this is a key to the great American awakening, but you have to understand this. Leftists don't care what the people want. Leftists care about acquiring and exercising totalitarian power, period, full stop. This is why leftists should never be trusted in any election for any office, anywhere. And on Dinesh and 2000 Mules, Why It Matters, D'Souza's latest documentary, not yet released, comes out this fall, I think, brings to light monumental work by Texas Catherine Engelbright's True the Vote investigation of the 2020 election. Cell phone GPS tracking data has identified 200 plus, it appears, Zuckerberg agents, mules, who engaged in ballot box stuffing in selected regions of every swing state. Please process that sentence. There's actual video and other imagery of repeated stuffing unimpeachable evidence of an entirely new dimension of the massive 2020 election fraud, separate and apart from evidence from canvassing, from voter rolls analysis, from partial vote records, and from vote machine hacking, a whole other avenue or element of the election fraud evidence. 
everyone paying attention knows there's now massive irrefutable evidence of outcome changing fraud, i.e. the 2020 election was stolen and Biden is an installed president. Do not support any GOP incumbent or candidate who says there was no such fraud. And finally, Trudeau trashes Trump and tout, this is too many words, Trudeau trashes and Trump touts truckers. Canadian truckers and related protesters in Ottawa reciting the Lord's Prayer, singing the Canadian National Anthem, singing Amazing Grace. Justin Trudeau calls him a fringe minority of violent extremists. That's actually what he said. Mika Brzezinski, that fool on, uh, with her show, says they are like a cult and a CBS anchorette wonders if they're Russian impersonators. This is what the left does. Instead of processing, what are they protesting? Why are they saying this? What is our intelligent response? They find a way to mock and ridicule. Trump supports the Canadian truckers, touts them as brave. Trudeau and other leftists are wildly out of touch with everyday people. They are why Donald Trump arose in the first place. Ruling classes around the world know the people are rising. I am Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?